0: to perpetuate itself. And what we do is that we mask all of this with our masculinity and sometimes with our spirituality or our religiosity because we can come into church and we can learn the churchy thing to do. Now, this is not just with men. It's with women too, but, but this, is, this, is, this is critical for men uh, because men struggle with a deep relationship with God. Men struggle with affection. Men struggle with loving God, truly loving God. Listen, I said to you a long time ago, young ladies, that a man will play at love to get sex. A woman will play with sex because she's looking for love. Most men don't know how to love unless they've been redeemed and the love of God has been poured out in their hearts by the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So just think about this. You marry somebody and you have all of these expectations, all right, that they know how to do everything they ought to do as a husband and as a man. But they're already broken and wounded and hurt. And not going to tell you that there are things that they don't know how to do or how to be. And you think, you know, as most women do, that you're God's gift to humanity. (laughs) And you're going to get married and you're going to live happily ever after. And most, most of the time, a lot of time, maybe not most of the time, uh, women have this, 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 this persona and, and attitude about themselves that they're right. Sometimes you are very right. But you have to be careful at how you present your rightness. Well, let's go through this message. Amen. Amen. So so we mask we mask our hurt and our wounds and our pain, you know, with, with with masculinity or religiosity or we try to escape stuff through just being busy, you know, workaholics. Amen. Some people mask it, some people try to escape from it through substance abuse. You know, and they will abuse drugs and abuse alcohol you know, because they're trying to mask or hide from their own hurt and their own pain. And, and, and you're trying to shake them up and you're trying to tell them, you need to change, you need to change, you need to stop. They don't know how to stop. where we experience the Lord's healing and where we learn the Lord's order. Now that's that that's a mouthful, okay? And just remember I said that's the key. All right? It opens a door, but 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 we have to walk in and we have to experience Jesus. Amen. And we can't just experience him one time. Amen. Amen. This, this is where we have to where we have to set up our abode. It's where we have to set up the place where we live. Amen. In this relationship, this love relationship, this accepting relationship, this healing relationship, this this restructuring and reordering relationship. With the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. amen. When we studied the life of Jesus, life and ministry of Christ, and those of us who' come to Bible study and given ourselves to the study, we've learned a lot about the life and the ministry of Christ. Amen? But one thing we discovered is that Jesus makes people whole. Have you ever thought about wholeness? Have you ever sit down and really thought about wholeness? Because a whole lot of us are broken. Yeah. A lot of us, we're just broken, you know, and we don't deal with our brokenness. And we bring our brokenness into relationship and two broke people just make other people broke. Amen. And And when you bring children into the picture, and you're broken, what are you going to do with the children? No. Think about this young people who don't have children. Think about this young people who are not married. Amen. Never allow sex to determine who you're going to marry. You will not hear God. You will not hear God. You will hear your flesh. Amen, Walls? And and there are some people in here who will tell you, Bishop was right about that, but they won't tell you in front of other folk. Amen. So, so yeah, yeah. yeah. It's in this relationship, this healing relationship. So we look at the life of Jesus, and we study the life of Jesus, and we discover that he made people whole. He took broken people, and he made them whole which indicates that Jesus came to make everybody whole. Amen? Amen. Everyone that he encounters, everyone who encounters him, his ultimate desire is to make us whole. We're broken. We're fragmented. We have all of this stuff going on in our lives, stuff that we probably won't be honest about. But since the Lord knows us, there's nothing hidden from his eyes He knew us before we were formed in our mother's womb. He knows everything that we've gone through in our lives. He knows our brokenness. And his desire is to make us whole. Amen? Amen. Not just people that he ministered to while he walked the face of the earth, but even as he ministers today through the presence and power of the Holy Spirit, his desire is to make us whole when we encounter him over and over again. Remember, this is not a one-time encounter. You can't get a one-time fix with Jesus and now everything is right. No, 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 no. Amen. He wants to heal us. He wants to make us whole. Amen. And when we encounter him, when we engage him, when we develop this love relationship, I'm talking to men particularly, but it'll speak to all of us, Uh, When we develop this love relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, we open ourselves up for him to make us whole, regardless of the brokenness that may have taken place in our lives. A love relationship with Jesus is not something that a lot of men talk about. A lot of men don't say, I love you, to other men. You know, I grew up never hearing my daddy say, I love you. Until I was a full grown adult. My daddy was much older, and I said, Daddy, I love you. And he finally said, I love you. You know, just think of what that would have meant to me as a little boy to hear my daddy say, I love you. To hear my daddy embrace me in his arms and let me know that he loved me. But he came from that generation of men who had a very difficult time in this society. Wow. Yeah. Amen. He came from, from that generation where men worked hard and got very little respect. You know, very, you know, it would make me mad when I would hear my daddy say to a teenage white boy, yes, sir. And I said, I said to him, I said, Daddy, why are you doing that? You know, why are you saying yes, sir, to that boy? He, he's not any older than me. But that was the generation he lived in. And it was years later. I was, I was an adult when, when the Lord began to show me my daddy because I had issues with my father. You know, and the, the Lord began to show me how my father would get up 4 o'clock in the morning in the winter, make a fire in the stove so that when we got up for school, the house was warm. Daddy would work. In the pubwood, hauling pubwood to take care of eleven children, and my mama stayed at home. She didn't work outside of the home, and daddy would take care of eleven children. We may not have had the best, but we never went hungry. We always had clothes to wear. We always had food to eat. We always had a, had a roof over our head. And then in the spring, I'd see Daddy come home from work and, 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 and hitch that mule up to the plow and, 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 and begin to plow that field. Amen. And, 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 and those fields were, were acres. And he walked behind that mule. And the Lord said to me, Who are you to have an issue with this man who loves you and may not be able to say it, but has demonstrated it, you know? So I grew up in a home, I never saw my daddy hit my mama. I never saw my mother and father had an argument. Mom would say, anything I got to say to your dad, I wish you all go to bed. We don't experience that today. How many of y'all fuss in front of your children? Or have fussed in front of your I mean, not just fuss. just have knocked down, drag outs. Right, and children sitting there listening. What Mama was saying was, I respected your father so much that I would not dishonor him in the presence of my children. We're gonna get to that honor thing in just a minute, and respect thing. You see, when we're going through, when men are going through things, uh, what we tend to do is we hide behind doing things. We're doers. Amen. You want to get men involved in church? Give them work to do. Okay, brothers, we need you involved. So we're gonna we're gonna clean out the flower bed. Amen. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna paint the building. Amen. Uh, 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 we're gonna we're gonna uh, build a ramp for somebody. Men like to work with their hands, and in every church, if you're not careful, your men will get engaged when they're doing things. Call worship. Have worship. Now, not to throw off on anybody, not to speak negatively on anybody. These these brothers can take this. <laughs> Everybody can't take this. So, you know, I notice on Sundays, even if I'm not in the worship, and you know I love the worship Lord, I'm not ashamed of the worship. But I notice when, you know, I know men have assignments to park cars, so 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 you know, they're out there parking and watching. Uh, but sometimes there's no car to park. And worship is going on. And I notice when, I notice when worship is going on and, and people are walking around the sanctuary and some people way at the back of the sanctuary and they're doing this and that. Men, men, call prayer. Call for, call for a time of prayer. And even though you don't get a whole lot of people, many times you get more women than you do men. Because there's something about us that, that, that Satan has lied to us and told us that that's for the women to do. Men don't dance before the Lord. You know, men don't, 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 don't weep before the Lord. The only time men cry in church or in public is when somebody close to them have died. Men don't get emotional. That's, that's, not, that's effeminate. That's for the women to do, and so if we're not careful, we'll. The church has bought into that, and so we give men things to do, so we keep them involved in the church. But what what we fail to do, and what the situation we set up, is that that we have we have set up a situation where where men. We'll replace real worship, the real worship experience with doing things and never develop that love relationship with God. You say, Pastor, you're judging me. Well, you know, if if it's an apple tree, it's just an apple tree. Amen? Amen. Read it in context and understand it because we judge all of the time. And we have to judge. It's a part of discernment. Amen? Amen. It is a part of discernment. So we have to discern and we have to give judgments. So it didn't say don't judge. All right? So, 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 yeah, men, for the most part. Now, now remember, I'm not looking us all in the same boat. All right? If the shoe doesn't fit, don't wear it. But if the shoe fits, wear it because there's some healing that needs to take place. Amen. Because, oh, let me just go through the message. All right. I, I believe everything the Lord gave me is beneficial for us. Yeah. You know, so, you know, one Sunday, we were dancing before the Lord. And, and, and we, did, we did this once when we did a crusade. And we were just dancing before the Lord. And you start pulling men to dance. You start pulling men to dance and men back up. Now, it's interesting that you can go to the club and dance. It's very interesting. You know, that, that always interests me. You know, you can go to the club and dance. You can go to a wedding and there's music after the, after the ceremony, at the reception, and you will dance. It's quite interesting, isn't it? But come to the church. And you won't dance. it's, 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 it's something kind of wrong with that picture. Because at the club, you're not dancing to Jesus. Maybe in the church you don't see yourself as dancing to Jesus. You see yourself as the pastor trying to tell me to dance. And I ain't doing that in the church in front of people. In front of people. You will cuss in front of people. (laughs) You'll get drunk in front of people. All in front of people. You do all kind of stuff. In front of people. Get in the church. And I ain't doing that in front of people. In front of people. It's interesting, isn't it? I mean, I'm just talking about what I'm talking about. Hey Amen. Let me go with this. Because let me tell you, okay, I hope this is interesting. I hope I got your attention because this is one of those. You got it? <laughs> Hallelujah. And I got to go slow because I got to get this out. Amen? Praise the name of Jesus. Amen. And, you know, so you, you, you get men in the worship, and many of us are like a fish out of water. It's a strange place to be because our worship has been, has been minimized to singing the songs maybe clapping, maybe lifting up hands. All of this is because of the way men have been conditioned. Amen? It comes from the conclusions. Now, now, now brothers, this is not a negative message, so pay attention, all right? But sometimes you got to lift up the bad to get to the place you talk about the good, okay? All right, and, 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 and you know, if you're sick, Sometimes it gets worse before it gets better. Amen? How many of you like taking shots? I don't see any hands. You like taking shots. (laughs) None of us like taking shots. So sometimes, you know, when we get this close in a message, it doesn't feel good. You know, it feels good when we start saying, the Lord is good and his mercy endureth forever. Come on and give him glory. Come on and give him praise. Yeah, we're ready then. But when it gets this close, yeah, it's uncomfortable. This comes from the way we've been conditioned as men. It comes from the conclusions that we've made about God and about life and relationship with God, about the conclusions we've made about church and the conclusions we've made about worship. It comes from our experience and from the conversations, amen, uh, that we've had with other people that are inspired by the diabolical one. Everybody say diabolical. From the beginning... Satan has been very, very skillful at tricking people into turning away from God. Amen. Influencing people to leave the God thing behind and go after the things of the world. So... What I discovered in my walk with the Lord is that God wants all of us, men especially, to know that he loves us deeply. Amen. Not just hear it, but to know it. He wants us to know that that he loves us with an everlasting love that cannot be extinguished. God's love for you, brothers, cannot be extinguished. God will love you all the way to the grave. God will love you as He sees you make the wrong choices and can't do anything about it because He created you in His own image and His own likeness, which means that you are a free moral agent. God will not cross that line because He will violate the way He created you. So you have the choice to go the way that you go. I have the choice. To go the way that I go. But it may not be God's will for you. Man. Okay, okay. So so we we've had conversations. We've had conversations. How many of you have ever laid in your bed at night and had a conversation? Not with your wife, not with your husband, or whoever you were laying with, <laughs> or not laying with, you gotta put that in there because everybody husband and wife, all right. And everybody ain't married. You know, just tell the truth and shame the devil. And you had a conversation in your mind. Yeah, yeah. And many times those conversations, the devil is shooting doubt your way. Yeah, yeah. He's shooting suspicion your way. He's speaking lies about God. In those conversations. He he may be he may be talking about the church to you. He may be talking about your pastor to you. You know, you know, pastor must have an ulterior motive about this. What is pastor why he's saying that? Why, why, why does he want to have us do this? All kinds of conversations that go through your mind. And it may be your wife who's praying for you, and you say, Why does she keep pushing me? Why don't she just leave me alone? conversations that you have in your mind. Tell the truth and shame the devil. How many of y'all had conversations and nobody was talking to you physically, verbally, in your mind? Mm. Yeah. 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 So God wants us to know that he loves us. Amen? He wants us to know that he loves In the world, Jesus died on the cross in your place, in my place. He became the sin offering. All right? He, 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 he did that, amen, so that justice could be satisfied and God could be just in forgiving us and redeeming us because the law of God says that the soul that sins shall surely die. Are you with me? Amen. Turn the air conditioner down so people won't go to sleep on me. Let it get cold in here. Amen. Y'all good? Well, let me see some eyeballs. Amen? All right. Amen. So that divine justice could be satisfied. Because if divine justice was not satisfied and God just redeemed us, Satan could say, God, you violated your own law. God, you're not playing fair in this. Okay? Will the devil do that? Cause, cause, because the devil wants to be God, and so the devil fights to take over God's creation. And this is what, this, this is what, what, what the Bible says in the book of Romans, um, I, I believe it's in chapter 3. So to save time, I won't quote the scripture because most of you have heard this, amen, and you can go back and read it yourself. I won't quote that scripture, but this is, this is what Paul is saying about justification and the righteousness of God. Amen. Christ became the perpetuation for your sins and mine. He became the mercy seat. He's the place where you and I now can receive forgiveness. Amen. Can be redeemed because he paid the price for your sins and mine. He satisfied the law of God. Now God can be just and the justifier of those who have faith in Jesus Christ. What God wants to do, amen, is God wants us to come to the place where we accept what He's done for us, not just with our lips, not just with our lips, amen. Now, our place under the anointing of God and under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, after we come to the knowledge of the truth, I'm speaking to the whole church now, after we come to the knowledge of the truth and are led by the Spirit of God, Our place is to bring people not simply to save in faith. Listen, I preached a message last year, a couple years ago, about is salvation enough? All right? All right. Not simply to save in faith, but to bring help people come into a love relationship with Jesus. You got to love Jesus. You have to love him. You have to love him in spite of everything else. you got to love Jesus. I mean, you got to be in this relationship with Jesus where you love him with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, with all of your strength. This is where God wants you. But sometimes we've settled with getting people saved and then giving them something to do. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We have to see ourselves. As God's beloved sons and daughters. Not just church members. Not even just servants. You got to see yourself. Brothers, men, we have to see ourselves as God's beloved sons. in whom God is well pleased. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, This statement that God makes about Jesus here in Matthew is a critical statement. It's critical. It's critical uh, uh, for human beings to hear. Amen. Especially men. Okay. Uh, It's critical for us to hear it, to dissect it, and to embrace it. Amen. A beloved son now, a beloved son who knows he is a beloved son. Amen responds or reacts out of love to his father because he is responding to the love that the father has and is extending to him. But if the the son doesn't know that the daddy loves him, if the man does not know that the father loves him and is is extending love to him, that man never responds to that love in the right way. So, how do we get men there? How do we get men there? Oh, and is it important for men to get there? Yeah. Yeah, thank you. It is. Yeah. Because if we don't get men there, we're going to continue to lose men to spiritual suicide. Spiritual suicide, meaning that men will kill themselves spiritually. Spiritually, they will separate themselves. They will stay separated from God. They will never respond to the love of God. And if you commit spiritual suicide, you are not there to be the husband, to be the father, to be the leader in the community, to be the leader in the church. Spiritual suicide. And our society then goes further into spiritual degeneration. Because the ones that God created and positioned to, the, to be the head of the wife, to be the leader in the church, to be the leader in society. I know this is not popular today, but you got to, the Bible says, God says, I am God. I do not change. Do you really believe that? Then if God doesn't change, his word doesn't change. But today, we change. Wake up. Somebody said, wake up in here. Amen. Hallelujah. Stand up and turn around one time. Amen in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. You got to stay awake. You need all of this. Say, I need all of this. Amen, 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 amen. So if we don't get men there, we're going to continue to lose them to spiritual suicide. And our society is going further away from God. Our homes are being destroyed. People are not seeing what the devil has done and is doing. So now we come to church and we get angry if people say something about sin. Who is he to talk about my sin? Oh, is he to judge me? Yes, we've all sinned and we've all come short of the glory of God. Amen. But God has redeemed some of us, and God has placed us in positions that even though we are wounded, he still uses us as wounded healers. Because of our walk with him and the knowledge that he's given to us and the redemption that is taking place in our lives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if we don't, if we don't deal with this. Men will continue to be out of place. And if you're out of place, you can't do what God wants you to do. I don't care what your excuse is for being out of place. So how do we get men there? What keys are there in this passage that will help you? Amen? And women, you have a role in this process. So, so get ready because what, what, what you're going to hear may not be what you're going to like. Amen. Amen. In this passage of scripture, we read what Jesus goes to John the Baptist to be baptized. Okay, and John says, "No, I should not baptize you." Uh, he didn't want to baptize Jesus. But what Jesus says is, "Jesus has it to be so now. I permit it now.'" And Jesus is very respectful. Somebody say respectful. Amen. Jesus is very res- no permit it now. For thus it behooves us, it is fitting, it's befitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. And, 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 and John baptizes Jesus and the heavens open and he sees, Jesus sees the Holy Spirit descending from heaven like a dove and lighting on him. And this is what God says, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. This is God speaking to Jesus, calling Jesus his beloved son his favored son, amen, the son on whom his favor rests, the son who pleases him well. The question is, can we apply the same words to us? Beloved sons, we do. We're blessed in the city. We, We sing these songs, and the Scripture applies it to us as well. We can, we can. Can every person can especially men, develop the concept in their minds and their spirits that we are god 's beloved sons well pleasing to him? This question deals with being rather than doing amen because we have to embrace the love of God and begin and begin to walk in the love of God before we will ever be effectively Uh, doing the things and doing them in a way that pleases God. So this question deals with relationship. It deals with relationship. So we look at Jesus. Jesus is in a true relationship with God. Nothing to hide. Amen. Nothing to be ashamed of. Nothing to be guilty about. Nothing to prove to anyone. Amen. He's in the right relationship with Jesus. Our problem is, is that we have done shameful things. We have. We sinned against God. We are guilty. We are. Amen? We are vile. Amen? We are. We try to hide things even from God. And then we work hard. I mean, we work hard. I mean, you know, we pray hard so that we can be reconciled to God, so we can be restored to God. Oh, God, yeah, yeah. We work, we work hard to try to prove that we are worthy of God's love and worthy of God's blessings and worthy of God's favor. Those of us who come in the church, not everybody. Now, some people just say, what's the use? Some people say, you know, they've been so deceived that they say the church is not good for anything. Uh, it is the opiate of the people. Religion is the opiate of the people. I don't have time for church. I don't have time to do that God thing. If we were in Africa, that's how they would say it. I don't have time for that. I need to live my life and be happy, you know. But but they're living a life without God. Yeah, 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 yeah. So what's the starting point in our healing and deliverance? The starting point, the starting point. You can write this down. Oh, thank you. I see some heads down. Write it. Amen. The starting point is identifying the voices who have been speaking to you. What voices? Who have been speaking to you? God is saying that he loves you. God has done things to demonstrate his love to you in spite of you. Amen. Who in here can say, God loves you because you've done perfect all your life. None of us. So God has done things to demonstrate that he loves us in spite of us. God demonstrated his love, uh, demonstrates his love to us every day in spite of us. I look at my own life and say I should be dead, but here I am alive. Amen. When God called me to preach, my, my hindrance was, God, I am not worthy. I cannot preach to other people. And then God had to take me through some things to show me that I needed to trust him because it was not my estimation of myself that made the difference. It was what God's estimation was and what God had for me to do. So God has demonstrated his love to us. And it's not because we've not sinned. It's not that God is overlooking our sin. It's not that God is overlooking our lawlessness. He sees it all. Yeah. And he's already done something about it. And this is where the church gets tripped up at. God has already done something about it. God has already sent Jesus. Amen. Jesus has already become the substitute. Jesus has already become the sufficient sacrifice for our sins. Jesus has already satisfied divine law and made it possible for us through his death and resurrection to be reconciled to God. But there's another voice speaking to us. Men, there's another voice speaking to us, telling us that God is lying to us, telling us that God is not trustworthy, that he is not worthy of our trust. He is not worthy of our love. He is not worthy of our allegiance, and definitely he's not worthy of our money. A lot of people, my wife can go to church, but I ain't going. I ain't giving that preacher all my money. God is not worthy. He's not trustworthy with my life. Hallelujah. There's another voice. That, well, maybe that same voice is telling us that we are not worthy to be called God's, to be called a Son of God. Telling us that we are too guilty You've done too much wrong. There's sin in your life. You're not worthy to be called God's son. You're too vile. You can't be forgiven because of the things you've done. But this is not a new strategy of the enemy. In the Garden of Eden, this is what Satan told Eve. Satan said to Eve, God is not trustworthy. God is lying to you. He knows if you eat the fruit of that tree, now listen, God has given you the entire garden. Whether it's apples, peaches, plums, mangoes, guava, all, all that stuff. You got the entire garden. God says, don't touch the tree of the knowledge of good and evil because in the day you touch it, you surely die. So Satan comes and twists God's word. Has the devil ever twisted the word of God in your life? Oh, the devil will take the word of God and twist it. Amen. Amen. The preacher said this, but common sense says. God didn't tell you to live by common sense because your common sense is foolish. God wants you to live by his word. Amen. Amen. I heard an old lady say one time, yeah. Pastor be asking for, I ain't giving. Common sense says I got bills to pay. God didn't ask for all of your money. God said, bring the tithe and the offerings. If you only brought the tithe, you got 90% left over. How fair is that? No, you want it all. God is trying to keep something from you by asking for 10%. This is the trick that Satan played on Eve. He said, Did God say? He knew what God said, twisted the question. And then he went on to call God a liar. He said, God is lying to you because God knows that in the day you eat of the fruit of that tree, you will become like God, knowing good and evil. And Eve took the fruit and she saw it was pleasant to the eyes. She tasted it, it was pleasant to the taste, and it satisfied her body. She got satisfied from it. And then she gave some to Adam. Hmm. Now, pay attention to this. When God was looking at Adam, when God came to the garden in the cool of the day looking for Adam, he didn't look for Eve. Who did God create first? Remember that. Who did God give the commandment to? Adam, the man. All right. He didn't look for Eve. He said, Adam, where are you? Adam said, I hid myself because I was naked. And God said, who told you? Adam, who you been talking to? Adam? Adam? Who have you been talking to? You have conversations. Not with your wife. Men, you have conversations. It may be with your buddies who don't know Jesus. I keep telling my son, son, there's some friends you have, they don't know Jesus. They don't know Jesus. Young men, God. If you know the Lord, amen, walk in your place and your position and influence these young guys so that they will continue to walk with the Lord. Watch your example. You've been raised in the church. You've been raised to know Jesus. You know the word of God. Watch the way you walk before young men. And ladies do the same thing. Watch the way you walk. Watch the conversations you have. Who you been talking to, Adam? Adam, who have you given access of your ears to? Every time you turn on the television, you're given your e- your access of your ears to whatever you're watching. Every time you p- click on the, 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 the thing on the, on the Internet, you're given access of your ears to that thing. Every time you read a book, you're given access of your ears to that thing. Some things you don't need to know. Amen. You got to be discerning enough to know the things you don't need to know. And then when you think that you need to know something, then there needs to be a reason that you need to know it. Amen. 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 Who you been talking to, and who you giving access of your ears to? So, men, Satan is speaking to us all of the time. He's giving us false messages. He's lying. He's giving us misconceptions. He's stirring up doubts in our minds, questions. Questions about God's love. Questions about the body of Christ. Just just stirring up stuff because his ultimate desire is to have you. He comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. You know, and when I hear people today, and I said just the other Sunday, I don't know how long I've been preaching. I meant to put this clock up here. Amen. <laughs> so you know, you know, I'm a human being, right? You know, I, I've grown up in the world. And so I hear people today getting discouraged because folk in church doing things they got no minutes doing. I just look back over my life. And I said, now, I used to see those deacons. Some, some of those deacons get drunk. Didn't stop me from going to church. Didn't stop me from believing in God. I used to see people c- committing adultery. I didn't see the act, but, I, you know, when you, when you go a place a whole lot of times. I can't say too much because I find out folk watch you on Facebook Live and then they say, why are you talking about me and your message? And then when you start seeing children pop up, you know, and I'm looking at I'm looking at folk that's close to me, you know, folk I know. And I'm saying, you don't look quite like that side of my family. <laughs> you know, I was talking to this guy, I've been talking to him a lot. Every time I go to my home church, he speaks to me and he he knows me well, and I'm trying to figure out now, now who is your daddy? As a matter of fact, he close can. <laughs> close. So one day I asked the question. I said, now, who is that? I asked my sister. She said, You know who that is. I'm like, okay. So then children start popping up, you know. But in all of that, listen to me, young people, it never discouraged me. It never stopped me from being a part of the Lord. It never stopped my love for God because people are going to be people. Amen. Until they're redeemed by the power of God and yield their lives to God, they're going to do what they're going to do. It should not affect your faith. But you got to grow to that point. When you got a people around you who encourage you in the midst of all of the mess that you see in the world as a part of the church as well. By people who've not been redeemed, people who've been wounded, people who live with guilt, people who live with shame, people who, who, who are just messed up on the inside. And you got to realize they're messed up. And you probably are messed up, or you've been messed up so by the grace of god there go i mm, 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 mm. yeah so we've been lied to we've been lied to don't men don't, don't 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 do this god thing now that's too effeminate don't all that worshiping and running that, that's crazy you know don't don't do that women might do it but, but men men don't do that mm. that's don't get emotional men don't dance before the lord men don't don't let yourself go. Don't let yourself go. You see, people, the spirit of the Lord moving. You see this in the Baptist church, and the spirit of the Lord moving. I shouldn't say Baptist. The spirit of the Lord moving, <laughs> and they're like, mm, 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 mm. you know, they just want to get up, just, but they're too bound up. That's not for a man to do. It's not for a man to do. And the other side of it is, you know. That's not intelligent. That's not the way intelligent people worship. Whew. Second point, let me go on because I've been here a long time. Amen. So we got to identify those voices. We got to identify the lies, amen, and the misconceptions that we've been, that we've been told over the years. And we got to begin to hear truth. Amen. We, and we, point number two, reject the lies and embrace the truth. Jesus said you should know the truth, and the truth will do what? Amen. So Satan says you're not worthy. Satan says that you've done too many wrong things. Satan says you've sinned. Satan says, you know, you know, you can't praise the Lord. Who are you to give praise to God? Look at your life. Look at what you've been doing. Ask yourself the question, what did God do, and when did he do it? What pleases God? What actually pleases God? What did God do? God gave Jesus to die on the cross for your sins. God gave Jesus as a sacrifice for your sin because his justice had to be satisfied so that he could be just in justifying us. So God's desire is to justify his creation. I'm not discounting sin but you got to see what God has done. Because unless you see what God has done, you won't know what pleases God. So you think that doing all of this work around the church pleases God. You think that even dancing before the Lord pleases God. That may be a part of it. But what pleases God is when you accept the provision that he has made for your salvation. God has done all of this to justify you to make it to make you right with him because you can't do it yourself. you don't have the capacity with all of your all of your, all of your education with the family you came from you don't have the capacity with all of your money and couple that with your guilt and your shame. you can't do it can't please God you cannot please God all of the dancing in the world doesn't please God all of the asking for forgiveness in the world doesn't please God until you receive what God has done to reconcile you to him when you reject Jesus you're saying God I don't want you you can't say no to Jesus and yes to God's justification does that make any sense to anybody God wants your obedience, yes, but we can't obey him until we first of all receive the gift. And then after we receive the gift, I don't know if any of you ever sinned after you got saved, but I've sinned since I got saved. Amen. After you received the gift, don't sit up here and tell no lie because you were mad at somebody last week. You were talking about somebody last week. Amen. You took some money. You were at the cash register and they gave you too much change back. And you said God was blessing you. That's a lie. You should have gave it back to them. On your job, you took paper clips. You took ink pens. You took just... Stop lying in here. got to accept what God has done. Men, we will never get back to our place. And being out of our place, we are affecting society, society negatively. We're not teaching our boys how to be husbands. You can take it further than there. You can go on to everything else you're not doing. I told you Wednesday night, there's no immaculate conception. You ain't get pregnant without a man. In vitro fertilization, where do they get the sperm from? All of this stuff that's going on in society. We're keeping silent. And today, we don't want the church to say anything. We've all sinned. Yes. But when will we speak up and call sin sin? If God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore, when did the definition of sin change? If God's standard doesn't change, when does the definition of sin change? Brothers and sisters, the only way is to accept God's provision accept God's provision for what God has done. That is the starting point. You can't reject Jesus and then be justified. Okay. And then you got to understand that apart from Christ and the Spirit living in you, you don't have help. Let me get to the third point because I've been talking to men. Now I'm going to take another hour to talk to women. Amen. Somebody say thank you, Jesus. No. Women, you play a part in this process. I was writing this message and the Lord just almost knocked me out of my chair. You have a great role to play in the restoration of men to God. You know, women, this is not popular today. This kind of teaching is not popular today. Women have enjoyed the position that have come to them because men have been out of place. Satan is diabolical. Satan is diabolical. Satan is diabolical. He speaks to Eve first. He doesn't go to the man. He goes to the woman first. And it begins to put question, doubts in the woman's mind. Been to ask questions to the woman and basically says to the woman, God has been lying to you. Now, this may go much deeper than, than what I share with you today because I really won't preach another hour. But Satan's plan was to get woman to a place of ascendancy so that she would eventually get the glory that men deserve. You see, men don't run after love. Men want respect. Respect us, honor us, and we'll almost do anything you want us to do. I thank God for my wife. My wife always honors me. Now, she, she can fuss sometimes, you know. Yeah, you know, But she will honor me. And she'll go around the church and she'll tell the other Young, young, otherwise, y'all know this. When last time you said something nice to your husband? All of us can be fussed at about something, but you forget that you can be fussed at too. Now, you talk about everything your husband hadn't done, everything the man, what have you not done? But that ain't, that's not where I'm going. Okay. But Satan's plan, listen carefully. Satan's plan was to get woman to a place of ascendancy so that she would eventually get the glory, the respect, the honor that man has or should have. Men need affirmation because we've not been affirmed a whole lot. Women have been affirmed, mothers will affirm their daughters. Tell them how beautiful they are. They spent a whole lot of money, you know, getting their hair hair done. You know, when we were growing up, you had to get your hair plaited. But now, women take their daughters to the beauty parlor, you know, and they do all of this stuff to make make their girls look good. And, you know, even sometimes you want to make them look sexy, you know, so they can get the man's attention, you know. Mm. Well, I won't go there. But the Lord showed me Deborah in the Bible. And Deborah was right when she said to Barak, she said when they they had to go to battle against Sisera, uh, Barak came to her and and she told him what God said and he said, I'll go if you go with me. Deborah said, I'll go with you to battle. You read the song of Deborah. She mentions Barak a little bit in there but all of the praise goes to Deborah. All of the praise goes to Deborah. Brothers, but Rock didn't realize he needed that glory. Adam needed that glory of that respect of Eve listening to him. Of Eve going back to him and said, the devil is telling me this, but what do you think? How many women operate without asking their husband what do they think? Because you think you got the answer. You know more than your husband? No. Are you just equal? I work too. I bring money into this house. God forbid you get a woman that, that's so ungodly that she makes more money than you make. She's going to beat you up over your head. Whew. I'll go with you, but I'll get the glory. And, 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 and from the beginning, we've had women that have wanted the glory, and they still want Glory. Women have this this, this mothering thing about them, and they should have, but when you think about being a mother, you think about being in control, and it almost teeters to the point of witchcraft. Now, men can be controlling too, but if you're not, you you, you should control your, your sons and your daughters, but you can't control your husband. You shouldn't control your husband. Because God created him first. Now, now, I know today, I know today that people will not accept that. But if God does not change, when did his order change? When did his order change? Men, we need that respect. Listen to me. But if we are fearful, if we won't go out, if we won't take the lead in the battle, the women will get the glory. So men, when it's time to pray, we need to be here. When it's time to worship, we need to be leading the worship. When it's time to dance before the Lord, we ought to lead the way. Amen. When it's time to obey God, we should lead the way. We should be saying to our wives, get up out of the bed. We're going to pray. Get up out of the bed. We're going to worship, and we're going as a family. Children, you don't have a right to stay at home in bed. You're not going to live in my house and not get up and go to church. come visit me, you better bring some church clothes or you're going to wear what you wore that to my house because I ain't stay at home to take care of you and watch over you. I'm going to worship. Satan continually undermines the needs of a man and he strokes woman's greed for glory. He doesn't. Now, now look at it. And look at our society. Woman, you are our helpers. Do you not realize that when God calls you helper, he has equated you to the Holy Ghost? What does paraclete mean? Paraclete means helper. What more do you want? You don't want to be a helper. You want to lead. Oh, my goodness. But it is out of place. And now we have all of these women who say, saying, I don't need a man. I can make it by myself, folks. I can do bad by myself. Sometimes it's a choice you make. You can't do bad by yourself. But you can do better when you got a godly man in your life. What if the man is not quite godly? Well, you say, how can you be not quite godly? Well, he... he he hadn't gotten to where you are. You know, he's not praying like you pray. You know, he doesn't get up into church and dance and do all these things that you do. But if the man's le- if the man sprained his ankle, don't break his leg. If the man has a bad eye, don't gorge, gorge the eyes out. Come on, y'all. Are you listening? We need you to help us. We need you to discern in order to see where where we need help. Then step up to the plate and help us. Don't take over. Don't be eager to take our positions because you're taking what God didn't assign to you. If we believe that God does not change. And once we start, once we stop believing that God does not change, then we buy into the philosophy that the Old Testament and the Bible is not is not accurate for us today. That's old stuff. So then if we buy into that, then now we buy into gay marriage because that's what they're saying. Then we buy into all this other stuff because God has changed. Jesus said when they asked about divorce, he said in the beginning it was not so. So our society is messed up today because for a long, long time, women have been steadily playing into Satan's hand and pushing and grabbing for ascendancy in society. Sister, God created you to be the man's helper. Man needs your help. He needs your help. When he's weak, don't make him weaker. When he's down, don't push him down further. When he's, As I said, when he's sprained his ankle, don't break his leg. When he's spiritually disabled, don't continue to debilitate him. There's an old saying that says, stand by your man." Y'all remember that song? Lord, have mercy. Pray for us. Push us. Respect us. Lift, Lift us up in the eyes of our children. Help us to see that God loves us. And that God has called us to be His beloved sons. Lord oh, Jesus. Throughout the plan of the enemy, to use you to step in the man's place, to rule, to reign, and to dominate. Through His plan, say, so "I will not step above my husband. I will not be a leader over my husband. I will submit to my husband." I know there's some extenuating circumstances. But make sure they're extenuating. And remember that you have some sons and some daughters that you're raising. The only way this is going to stop is that we cut it off. You can't repeat the same stuff another generation and expect this world to get better. And it's going to be dangerous in the church. It's going to be dangerous for the church to do this because so many women have risen to the place of ascendancy. And they do not buy into this teaching. It's going to be difficult for us. It's going to be really difficult because we like affirmation. Women like to be affirmed, but they, are, they get affirmed all of the time. Man will tell you, I love you with all my heart. You know, and they'll give you things and they'll buy you things. You know, and they make you feel good. and you. So it's going to be difficult for the church. It's difficult for some of you to buy this. It's it's difficult for some of you to embrace this teaching because you've already moved so far to the other side. Now, your husband, sitting back, we call him a mealy mouthed man, spineless man. He's not spineless. He just gets tired of your mouth. He gets tired of you fussing. A man will sit back and just say, "Mm -hmm." and you never know what's going on in his mind because he already has been believing the lies that Satan has told him. Sometimes you wonder why the man walked away. He might have been wrong, but you were just as wrong. I told you a long time ago, a man would rather go fishing. We're God's beloved sons. This is what God has said about us, men. How do we get to that place? There's been a whole lot of voices speaking to us. Decide which voice has been have you been listening to the most, and listen to the lies. That you've been hearing. Take your time. Get into this word and find out truth, so you can reject lies and embrace the truth. And then, women, as your, husband are, your husbands are trying, help them out. Help them. I know you get frustrated sometimes, but don't, 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 don't think of yourself. As being this great queen who never did anything wrong and got all the right answers. And if you're right, then the Bible says about the the, the, the unbelieving husband and the believing wife. If that unbelieving husband desires to stay, then you dwell with him. You live with him. Don't divorce him if he's an unbeliever. I mean, all you got to is read the Bible. And, and, and men, if the other way around, if, if we got, a, if we got a, a hellcat for a wife, that's the best way I can explain it. The Bible says, dwell with your wives according to knowledge. If we want to see things change, and we're the church now. We say we love Jesus. We got to want to see things change in our society. There's some stuff that needs to change. Divorce rate needs to go down. The church has the highest divorce rate in this this United States of America. We got to stop all of these babies being born out of wedlock. Not only is it not according to God's plan, but for us, we're already in poverty. And all you do is make matters worse. It is not that pastors is always beating down people who have babies out of but 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 you're not realizing what you're doing. And a man cannot be a father in another house. I don't care how much money he sends. I don't care how much he comes to visit. It's difficult when you're not living in the same house with your wife, with your wife and your children. Stop fooling yourself. Stop. It is difficult. Doesn't have the same impact. It's your daughter's growing up, seeing you love your wife, seeing you take care of your wife, seeing you work hard to provide for them. As your son's growing up, seeing you loving your wife and knowing what it is to be a man and knowing what it is to be a husband and knowing what it is to be a father. So we want things to change. We got to change some things. All of us know that two incomes make a big difference than one. It does. Anyway, that's the message for today. God wants you to know that you are his beloved sons. He loves you, man. Loves you. He loves you. He wants you to love him back. He wants you to love him back. I know it sounds strange to say love him, but he wants you to love him. That's the only way that you're going to get to where you need to be. Stop listening to all of these lies that the devil has been telling you. Accept the provision that he's made for you. You want to get your life right? You want to get society right? We've got to go back to God. God says, heaven and earth will pass away, for one jot or one tittle of my word passes away. I don't care what society says. I don't care what we see in the church. We've got to go back to the word. And there's a lot of dangerous things happening in the church world today. Let's stand.